everybody, it's just M here popping in to say this is another lockdown episode which we recorded remotely so please forgive any background noise and um, maybe we do talk over each other a little bit more than usual. That could be the wine. Love joy actually. <laughs> So I'm M. I'm Helen. I'm Paul. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, I, knew if I, went, I knew if I went first, I wouldn't mess it up. <laughs> well, let's do it in alphabetical order okay. then. So okay. yeah, go on then. I, I'm M. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's let's learn the alphabet. Yeah. And then we'll do it in alphabetical order. <laughs> alphabetical order of first names. Go. So I'm M. I'm Helen. And I'm Paul, and we've just got lots for the blooper reel. Oh, and this is Lovejoy, actually, a podcast about Lovejoy, etc. Yay! And Hooray! today we're talking about Series 5, Episode 5. Oh my God, we've, we've done so many. This is called Three Men and a Brittle Lady. I was already quite pleased with the title, and then I saw it was by Douglas Watkinson, who we like, so yeah. who I like. And I had to do it, I was like, oh, because, I mean, the title is a little bit tenuous, but very, a good little bit of wordplay, a bit tenuous oh, in terms no, of the I, I don't think it's tenuous, I think I, there's this whole, I was really overthinking this, about, oh, who is the brittle lady? Because, of course, porcelain is brittle, but then are they saying that Charlotte has a brittle side? And, of course, they oh. are, but... Yeah. Very good. Because mm-hmm. I, I did think, like, oh, because this must have been not long after... Three men and a little lady came out, but I did a bit of. I actually did some three research. years after, wasn't it? Yeah, three years. Oh, so the film came out, I did research as well. Yeah, the film came out in 1990, and then this episode was broadcast on the 3rd of October 1993. See, so um, but the the original Three Men and a Baby was 1987. Also, I don't know if this was significant, but I had a quick because I, I can't. I mean, I watched Three Men and a Little Lady like when it came out, so like 30 years ago. Couldn't remember anything about it. And I very briefly read the synopsis. And basically the film is that, obviously, the girl is now six years old. She's aged six years in three years. And um, she, (laughs) and her mum is going to move to England and take the girl with her. And the men are obviously sad because they are bonded with the girl. So I wondered again, that could, if you were very familiar with the plot, that could also be a bit of a tie in with this episode about people... Go moving. thinking about moving, moving away, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes. So we got some comments about this on the, on the Twitter. Did we? Just to, just to set the scene, yeah. Uh, Dave Ridgway, who I think is him of is, is that him of Hindu Review so. Man fame. So. Um, so. Either way, the fact that I've just used that means I owe him a pound again. Um, he, apparently, <laughs> uh, he has said that this is top five material for me, uh, and it says he's written Percy the Porcelain. Looks like you've been screwed, glued, and papered all over, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That is a good insult, and I didn't write that. I didn't that write that down, one. so that I'm glad good. that he reminded me of that. That was very. There's good. There's a lot of getting at Gimbert in this episode, isn't there? Well, he deserves fun. it in this episode. He's been a right prick. You know how you all. You know how you all felt a bit sorry for him in the last episode. Not anymore. I still Tom. liked him in this one. I still one. liked him in this one. Yeah, when he got all drunk and emotional, it was quite sweet. <laughs> The mask slipped. I felt like the the whole episode is about everybody's mask slipping a little mm. bit. Everybody's other side coming out a little bit, don't you think? Mm. So, well, this is what UK TV Play told us, which, this summary, I mean, tell me what you think. It doesn't reflect anything to do with the actual episode. So, UK TV Maybe TV they Play. didn't know what was going on either. <laughs> Adventures. So, here we go. They've, they've, they've pulled out the stops here to get a different description. Adventures with the eponymous Antiques Ace. 
and oh, his motley crew. And his motley crew. Motley crew. Yeah. I, f- uh, I, I feel, feel like antiques at the end and crew. just went for Yeah, oh, a bit cliche. Crew. I also I also I have to say, I, I I feel that Beth is anything but motley in this. She's doing yeah. research at one point. She's got one of those little books of antiques I've and got, is consulting I've got a theory it. about Beth for the, in this episode. Well it's not really a theory. Uh, it makes it's just what is happening, but I'll tell you about it when we get there. <laughs> and then the actual content of the episode, they they said Charlotte's partner asks her to move to Paris. Mm. So Lovejoy tries to persuade her to stay. Really? Mm. That's not, not what happens. He doesn't. That doesn't happen. He doesn't. He doesn't at all. No. She just, and again, and it's not what? her partner. And it's not her partner. the misogyny of the week this week from UK TV Play. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> the man tries to persuade the woman. Because the woman can't make up her mind. And, and then the like, other man tells her what to do. I know. Yes, I know. Because it's like, Charlotte's partner asks her to go to Paris. So, Lovejoy tries to persuade her to set as if, obviously, that's what Lovejoy would do, which he doesn't do. He doesn't yeah. do Very, very odd. And also doesn't tell you anything about the actual plot. I mean, that, that was just, I don't think they knew what was going on. No, maybe they just didn't understand it. Yeah, maybe they didn't understand it. But yes, that is most inaccurate. So, but, but, uh, but I did, one thing about this one is, like, how many plots were there? Like, about ten. There were lots of plots, but there were two main plots, and they were both kind of equal. It was a really meaty episode. It was, and neither of the two main plots had anything to do with Charlotte moving to Paris. That's not the main. No. She was. That was the subplot. That was the subplot. Yeah. I've written two very intricate plots, both important and both well carried out, and um, yeah, yeah. And they really are because we've got everything actually in this episode. There's a the fantastic policeman again and we've got sort of there's peril and double conning and and peril a bit of peril and the police all getting involved <laughs> with lovejoy and yeah lovejoy getting involved with the police and it's, it's a lot of scheming going on it's great it's brilliant i thought it was really good actually i still didn't understand what was going on half the time but i think that's because it was quite intricate and i understood at the end i think yeah, I well, that's the important bit i think the... i did understand it but yeah. i think i did i think i thought i didn't because it was quite intricate and there was a lot going on they sort of yeah so so anyway let's go let's back to the beginning let's go back to the beginning so where are we we start at an auction we like to start at an auction it's a good yeah, opener good strong opener auction. um charlotte's the auctioneer eric and beth turn up with an oak chest that beth a lot of... seems to know all about so she's obviously learning. she's learning she's learning but beth is very very committed in a way that eric was but kind of ran before he could walk mm. beth is very diligent and and doing her homework and very sort of committed she's actually she? interested isn't she you know she really wants to learn yeah um so she's doing well and then i've written who is that other lady with charlotte it's maggie Allenshaw. yeah well, who was oh, she yes. though why do i know who she is i literally don't have a clue who she is she's in I was like, she's... that's the kind of name that's in coronation street i'm sure Polly will know about this <laughs> She she's in lots of things, isn't she? I can't think what she's... But she's in a lot of things, that actress. But in this, she's like an assistant to Charlotte or something in the auction house. Yeah. So she's. I know her from um, from this, from Lovejoy. I don't remember oh, her being in anything okay, else. Got it, got it, got she's, it. All, she's Kate, so her name is Kate, and she's been in it. She's been in it before. She was <laughs> in a couple of episodes ago. Oh, I saw her two episodes ago. <laughs> she is no, in something she's, she's else. Been in... She is in something else that's quite sort of that I know her from, but I'm, I did. Typically, she was in I didn't look it hours. up. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, that maybe that's what I'm thinking. That um, would make sense. She's not been in anything else that I have seen. Oh, but she was in Open All Hours. 
Maybe it must have been And in Thomas the Tank Engine, but you wouldn't have actually seen her in that. No. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, open all hours is the only thing. But she's great. Um, so she's there as well, and she d- delivers a brilliant line to Charlie because he's going on about. So, which I think we must know. We must have known this already, but I think I hadn't quite realised that. Um, Charlie has a particular interest in porcelain, and in particular, pre-1759 bow porcelain. Well, we know he's into pottery, don't we, because of that whole they could be spowed. Yeah, yeah, so, so he, he likes oh, a that's pot. That's a callback, isn't it? Vaguely yeah. related. There's going to be antiques experts now shouting at the podcast, and he's not the same at all! Kate, deli- um, Kate delivers a brilliant line, so Charlie's saying something like, oh, I've got a, you know, it's a, a problem or something or something I need to sort out. Um, and someone, I think Lovejoy says, oh, is it to do with women or antiques? And Kate says, they're one and the same thing in your case, aren't they, Charlie? <laughs> I did feel so again, he's always getting, Charlie, he's always getting uh, teased about yeah. his well, love he, life. But he does ask for it. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit later, but when he's talking about Felsham Hall and he says, oh, it's been in the family for generations, and Lovejoy goes, yeah, but not your family. I mean, he does ask for it. He's not subtle trying mm. to play this, this part of the aristocrat when he just isn't... Like, I always, I know we talked about this last time and I'm just on a ramp, but just be proud of the fact you're a self-made man. You're obviously mm. a self-made man. Why is quite impressive, culture, more impressive, really. It's, yeah. yeah, and it, I think it doesn't say a lot for British culture that we admire more people who, by sheer luck, are born into money yeah. than we admire people who've made yeah, it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I'm yeah. Really I don't particularly admire either act. <laughs> yeah. I hate somebody who is as someone who's neither of those things. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, an apparently very wealthy man just wanders into the auction, scares Charlotte, she obviously recognises him, and he's very handsome. And I'm He's a, not handsome. He, he is looks handsome. he has prick written all over him. He well, he is the bad guy from Jumanji, so it, oh, nobody yes. has the and we'll from the mummy. <laughs> he is. But he does he have is. the word prick written all over him he in does. series oh, six. Like so in, in the next in the next series, in episode one, there is a character who just reminds me so much of him. Mm. She just falls for these dickhead, really handsome rich men. Di- handsome rich men. Rich, oh my goodness, handsome men. rich men, I hate them. They're the worst <laughs> no, kind. But like, no, but like slimy, <laughs> controlling men. Slimy, <sighs> controlling men. He reminds me a bit of Alexander. He's this like, well, well, I'm going to this place. Move with me because I'm obviously, go- you know, yeah. it's not, oh, yeah. I've been given this offer. Should Could we go? Could this be an opportunity for us? No, it's all, I'm going to move to Paris. Come with me. It's like, come or don't. I mean, not- he doesn't say that at this point. He just comes in he and didn't. bids over he buys the, the, ch- for the trunk. Yeah. The chest. It doesn't take him long, though. He buys the chest, oh. and we see a moment between him and Charlotte, so we're like, oh, okay, oh, this is the guy. Again. And then, we have, and then we have Fainting Fanny. Yeah. But can I say, go back to the moment between... Oh, sorry. again, that's, that's mirrored in Series 6 uh, final episode, when you see a little oh. moment between her and Lovejoy. Oh. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. No. So, yeah, faint, Fainting Fanny. So, well, this is... A, fainting Fanny is someone else, but basically, <laughs> Lovejoy tells the story of Fainting Fanny... Because an old lady faints in the auction and this is meant to be some sort of ruse to create a diversion to switch the pieces. I wasn't sure but I was like, how, how do they do it? Just Because if someone faints, not everyone yeah, will rush over. How do they get to where the things are like, and swap them? What kind of security is there at an oh, auction? Is it, is it the job of the person who holds up the antiques? They must have a name. What Kate does, I imagine. Yeah. They like hold it up. Like, is it sort also of like their the, um, job to be first aid? 
I think Kate's the office manager. They're like the, but I don't they're like the race be... girls in Formula One, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, when they hold, like, or, or boxing. What do they call it? The ring girls. Yeah. They're like the ring girls in boxing, aren't they? Those sex people objects. Yeah. They call them sex objects, which I think it's normally men that hold the things up here. I don't think they're... But I don't think they would be first aiders. I don't know. Did they even have those rules in those days? But I can't imagine them going, oh, I'll just leave all this expensive stuff. <laughs> I know. I'll just leave and all like, sure, won't, won't watch it at all. It's really expensive. Yeah, surely, surely at an auction there's security. You don't just like, leave all the expensive, precious objects then lying again, around. Then again, there were a few things this episode where they're just literally things that absolutely would not happen now no. and we'll come on to those i think and well it probably wouldn't have happened then to be fair but yeah, <laughs> yeah so anyway so basically they, of television. so love joy's like oh someone's pretending to faint to create a diversion but we never actually we don't know we don't see anyone switch anything but we do see a, a man rushing out of the auction so we think he might have something to do with it he gets in a car says to with. the woman it's champagne time so it's it very champagne premature time. champagne at this very stage. Super early. premature. It's like the first two minutes, isn't first it? First scene, champagne. Yeah, too early so for I was champagne. like, so I thought, okay, maybe they've got something to do because they were sort of saying, oh yeah, we got away with it, but we don't. You don't actually see them switch anything, and you don't actually see what they're so pleased about. So, so, so you know that something's happening. But they're, they're doing something. They're yeah. dodgy. This guy and this woman. How does word not spread though? Because we already know that it's quite a tight knit community, and everybody knows everyone and who comes who, mm. and it's just that funny. And then when they get in the car, doesn't she say to him or the other way around? Oh well, where should we go now? Oh well, let's go to this place and get this other thing. So they're basically off to another auction on the other side of the county to do the same thing again. Yeah, but they don't take the fainting woman with them, so I don't really know how that. Maybe works. she maybe she takes the train. You but know, she um, to... the woman in the car that he rushes out to her name is Val they're gonna have their premature champagne did we all recognize where she was from no from May to December (laughs) I used to love that it was nice wasn't it it was it was Hillary on reception was my favorite character (laughs) yes and she once wore glasses with no lenses in them because she wanted to look intellectual. <laughs> it was such a That's what hipsters do now. Oh, we've all done that. It is what hipsters do. I know, she was ahead of her time, was Hillary on reception. Um, oh, so, yeah, yeah, so Val was played by Eve Matheson from May to December, but she was only May to December for the first two series. I also did research. And then she was replaced by somebody else. Oh. She was, because I was like, I thought, oh, she looks familiar. And then when I looked up May to December, you were like, there was somebody her. else's picture. Yeah. But then I looked up her and it did say May to December. Then I got all confused. Yeah. What was I going on? But anyway, she was, turns out she was in May to December and she's very good she in was. this. So yeah, so we meet these people, but we don't anything about them. And we don't even know their name at this stage, do we? We just see them. And then, oh, Charlie, bless him. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. Charlie, Charlie <laughs> continues his quest to um, <laughs> reach the upper echelons of society. Bless him. Oh yes. Bless oh, he Charlie. Does, he? He, he has a he has a petite soiree. Well, petite soiree, which obviously we know it should be petite soiree. Of course we do. Don't we, don't we? Em? I didn't don't know. That. He doesn't soiree. make. He doesn't. Is too easy. He doesn't make the adjective agree with the noun. Charlie. Because he probably thinks it's very you know um, culture to say petit because that you know. I've like, oh, yeah, never known that. I feel like you've literally saved me from a potential embarrassment in the future. So petite soiree. Petite, petite, petite soiree. Yeah. Do you know we really, really have to get those bingo cards going again? <laughs> the last few episodes have been a, a plethora, a, a a feast, I tell you, for those bingo players. Um, so we do find out a bit more at this point about Jonathan and Charlotte, but nothing that's that surprising. Basically, she's surprised that he's turned up. We they they used to go out 
that's it really at this point he's he's the, the most guy... romantic thing he said she says why have you got that stupid chest that you don't even need and he said he says when we're really over like genuinely over yeah take everything that reminds you of me or that i've got you put it in the chest and ship it to me and i was like oh my god i love it <laughs> this whole thing is basically it. a lesson in letting a relationship go yeah. isn't it oh i thought it's it was so awful cute. I thought he was awful as well. He was horrible. What is wrong with you, I've got, Look, I've got different... I was going to say terrible taste, but that's a bit rude to uh, to everybody that, that has been my he, boyfriend. So no, I've got and your husband. Oh, and your husband. And my husband, but I feel he stands apart from my boyfriend. So. I know what you mean. I can see that. I can see that. That makes sense. This guy is just... But he's just... I don't know. He's, he's just a... It's the controlling thing that I don't like. Yeah. It's the same for when when we get to um, series six, you'll see what I mean. Because the the guy in that episode is so controlling mm. in a way that I think now actually we're even more attuned to than you would be then. Yeah, I wonder if you true. were watching it back in '93, you might sort of go, "Oh yeah, oh maybe bit he's of a bit dick. of a dick," and, but whatever. Whereas <laughs> we, or I certainly, I don't know about you guys. I think Helen probably did by the sound of it. The minute he came on, I was like, wow, he's a twat. Well, that's yeah. just because you, you've been influenced by Jumanji and the Mummy. That's what I think. No, I'm not. Oh, I've been influenced and wasn't he the sure. bad guy in... Uh, one of the bad guys in Titanic? I think he was. Yes! He might have been. He looked like mm-hmm. him. Uh, he does yeah. look like him. So we're he's, at, just po- he's just posh, really, isn't he? There we go. Yeah, yeah. so we're at the twice. petite soiree. Every, all the gang's all there at the petite soiree. He invites Charlotte specifically, doesn't he? Yes. As though it's all, and, and you do think, oh, a little intimate sort of candle lit. That's yeah, what I think you of a get, and, then it, and it's like a it's, full it on party. It turns up a bloody garden party. Well, Lovejoy turns up, and Lovejoy wasn't really even invited, which I thought was a little bit. Well, we don't rude. know. We don't know that he wasn't not invited. Like, he wasn't. And also, he was very ballsy to turn up because we find out that he owes Charlie two months' rent. So I wouldn't have gone to that. Petite. But the old Which comes up again friend. later. Brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, well, we'll come back this to it. This is a good... This it's is really, really good, plot, actually. But Charlotte's awful boyfriend basically invites himself, which, again, I thought was a bit rude. And then he turns up at the party, because everyone's there. It's quite, you know, it's quite formal. It's not a petite soiree at all. Full-on, like, cocktail party. Everyone's in their full-on cocktail party gear. Jonathan, the guy, Mm-mm. dick, turns up. Looking so 1993, it's untrue. He, he looks like a like a like an early Channeling 90s like 90s. sort of raver, like a raver. Yes, like he was like uh, wanted to be part of the shaman or something. Like, yeah, that is, you know, that's a, that's a brilliant description. <laughs> I mean, he looked cool, man. I don't but know what's wrong with you, dude. 1993. Cool. He looks like a twat. He looked so 1993. He looked, he looked rich, and he kind of shows Charlie up, which did make him a bit of a dick, actually. Yeah, uh, he was a bit of a... so. So everyone's there. So um, obviously Gimbert's there. Jonathan and Charlotte, Lovejoy. Um, I think Tinker might be there. I can't remember. But another person we meet, who we've already mentioned, we meet Percy Broderick, aka oh! Percy the Porcelain, who's awesome. Lionel He's Jeffries. In... Lionel Jeffries. What do you guys remember Lionel Jeffries from? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, he played a really old guy, and he wasn't actually that old. Yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was like thirty years before this. I think he was no. in Twenty five. Twenty five years. Chitty Chitty Bang. Yeah, he was. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was like what nineteen sixty eight, I think. Well, he is so old. It's like twenty five years. By the time we get to the early nineties, he is. He is he's old. genuinely old, isn't he's, he? but he played old in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He's an excellent character. I love Percy the Porcelain. He he's got Charlie's number, hasn't he? Yeah. He really does. And he says something like, you can take the man out of the bog, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't take the bog out of the man. That's all he is, bog. <laughs> and then Lovejoy goes, it, oh, his middle name's Pete. 
Very good. But the thing is, but he wouldn't be if he just allowed himself to be who he was. That's what's yeah. the that's what is so stupid about him. Yeah, poor old child. You know, everyone would really like him otherwise. Well, actually, they probably wouldn't. But you know, and then, give himself a bit more of a chance. And then Gimbert's talking to Percy because he wants to get some porcelain or so he wants to buy some more porcelain or something. And he says something really weird, like double negative phrase idea. He says something like, "They can't say that I don't pay over the odds." Oh yes, yeah, so I've written that down. It's like and got, they they can't say that I don't pay over the odds. So basically, you're saying that you it. you're saying that you do pay over the odds. Okay, right. Don't get One it. thing they can't say around me is that I don't, don't pay, pay over, over the, the odds. odds for history. He says I don't pay over the odds for history. History. Yeah. Anyway, or, or, or I don't not pay over the. Basically, he'll pay what history is worth. He's claiming that he thinks that history is mm. worth yeah. splashing it's, out. But he on. says it in the most confusing, a really way. odd way. Hence me just mangling it, because I wrote it down, read it back and went, uh uh-huh. doesn't even make any sense. But um, this is where, so I think this is where I have a little bit of sympathy for, I think Gimbert is quite sympathetic here because he's not that pissed at this point. That comes, <laughs> And he admits, without Lovejoy being present, to Percy, he admits that Lovejoy knows his business. Yeah. He's, he's certainly, he he's got respect for Lovejoy. Percy, Percy's looking at this thing that Charlie's bought and saying, oh, I don't think actually this is what you think it is. I, I don't think it's any good. Did you say Lovejoy put you onto this? And Charlie's like, yeah, he did. And you can say what you want about him, but, you know, he really defends he him. He knows his stuff. Yeah. yeah, he did, actually. So I was like, oh, okay. There is a little bit of love there. Don't you think? Between Lovejoy and Gimbert? No, I think there is. And they do. They, they do stand up for each other every now and again. I think they realise that they're allies in a, in a bigger world, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Except there's bigger, there's bigger enemies out there than each other kind of thing exactly but um so this is where then lovejoy comes along so basically what it is is he's gimbert's bought this um porcelain figure and the whole reason that they that uh percy says it might be fake is because it doesn't sparkle so it was some kind of like thing that was in the glaze at a certain period of history that made it sort of sparkle my three-year-old would love that anything sparkly (laughs) she'd be like oh it's shiny Where's the forget her? He? I would too. <laughs> but um, but unfortunately, it wasn't a unicorn figurine. Yeah, but you know, yeah. which would have been even better for a three-year-old. Um, so yeah, basically, it doesn't sparkle, so it's not the age that they think it is. And Lovejoy agrees with this and says, "Yeah, like when I looked at it, what it did sparkle." It says another thing that's been switched. So we basically get the idea that there's this dodgy porcelain going around that's faked at this point and, and charlie know. does believe him because charlie yeah. then says and again this is sort of no it's, it's this is not misogynistic but it's charlie being charlie being over entitled twit charlie says demands of charlotte i demand you tell me who was at that auction yeah or however well, he phrases it yeah he which just says, and i understand why jump he to it yeah and i understand why she doesn't tell him but at the same time i did wonder about like charlotte so basically Gimbert then calls Charlotte over and says, I bought this at your auction. It's not the real thing. It's, it, well, it was the real thing. It's been switched. Something's dodgy's going on at your auctions. And she's just like, tough titties. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, I thought it was a bit... sort of her responsibility until the goods have been handed over. So at the point she handed it over, or whoever, Kate or yeah. whoever handed it over, yeah, it kind of is their responsibility. Yeah, probably, I thought it? that. And I actually wrote down, like, is it her responsibility? What's the legality? I think it would be. I if they're it... selling it as a genuine article yeah. and he ends up with an article that isn't, yeah, it would be. Yeah, and I, it's been switched in her on her premises. Exactly, I thought she was a bit. At the very least, it'd be her insurance that would have to cover it, surely. Yeah, so she was very dismissive of it. She was just like, "Oh, whatever, tough shit." Charlie, she was like, it's real when I had it, so, so yeah. what are you gonna do? Sod you. I wonder. She just. It's just that she doesn't believe him. She thinks oh, that's a bit of a 
tools. Oh yeah, that's home. a bit convenient, isn't it? That Lovejoy is suddenly yeah. part of this in this room where this is happening that might cost me some money. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, given that you did sort of hijack her auction last time. Yeah. Mm. So we we're still at the party. We thought I thought it was brilliant. Like, did you notice on the wall, Gimbert has a giant portrait of himself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, again, it's what he thinks aristocrats do, but he's several centuries out. Yeah. I think. You know, where they'd, where they'd have a big portrait in their roof or whatever. Mm. Mm. And what another thing I loved about this party, whole party scene, was that Percy calls Lovejoy lovers. Do I know. Oh, yes. Quite my, lovers. My husband calls me lover, so it was really Aww. weird. It was really odd to hear somebody say it and for me to think, why have I never thought to call Lovejoy lover or lovers? It was, lovers. It was so... Like re well, obviously, because I hear that word all the time. But it just felt so nice, and like yeah. it, it, it's it said something about how long they'd known each other and what their relationship was like, and and all of this stuff just in one word. It was very yeah. smartly done. I, I loved, loved it. I loved Percy the porcelain. They were sort of drinking and and smoking. Yeah, and drinking. At this point, they're now like it's the end of the party. We all recognise the scene. So at the end of the party, Percy, Lovejoy and Gimbert left behind smoking cigars and drinking Charlie's whiskey. Charlie's a bit tired and emotional. Oh, they're, all, Char- they're yeah. all pretty tired and emotional. Bless them. <laughs> Charlie particularly, though, and I think the others manage to sort of handle themselves when they're tired and emotional. Charlie, yeah, Charlie just doesn't not so much. No. So they're still talking about this forgery, aren't they? And they're quite impressed by it. They're like, although it doesn't sparkle, it's a pretty good forgery. And you'd have to really know your stuff mm. to be able to notice. You'd have to look at it very close up, presumably, mm. and say, oh, it doesn't have its sparkle. So it's a... But it's a bit like... Do you remember the, going way, way back, the one with the bronzes, where you think he's such a good artist? Why is he... Why is he wasting his time with, doing that? The guy was faking the bronzes. Yeah. was so accurate that you wonder if he couldn't put it to better use. Yeah, because yeah, here we've got someone who can make very good porcelain forgeries. And so Gimbert's quite keen to find out who's doing this and ask Lovejoy to look into it. And he says, like, if, you, if you find out who it is, I'll forget about the rent. And then he I mean, starts saying... Offer, isn't it? Starts going on about... Quite an incentive. And he also starts going on saying that they're mates. Yeah, I've written, he's really drunk. We're mates, aren't we? We're, We're mates. mates. But they are. I bloody oh, love you. I bloody much. love you, love joy. I love you so much. I love, oh, I love you, man. You don't have to pay the rent. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> I love you. So, yeah. So, he's like, okay, fine. I'll see what I can do. So, then he... So, so next day, sewed up a bit, hopefully... He says, get on the case. So he thinks, right, I'll go and try and talk to Charlotte again about this, this switcheroo. Mm. And this is where, so this is where one of the other plots begins. So we've got this plot about the porcelain, yes. the faked porcelain. And then we've got a second plot about photographs. But you don't really realise at first that's what it's about. Yeah. But, and you also realise at the end what that it is an equal subplot. Yeah. Almost, if, if that's yeah. yeah. So basically, Lovejoy arrives at Charlotte's and Jonathan is taking pictures of Charlotte next to her prized possessions now i didn't get this is a bit i didn't really get so <laughs> yeah, i thought this was a bit weird because when they take so because it's kind of implied at one point that they're taking photos of the things for like the insurance which yeah. makes that that makes sense so you know like these this is what i had this is proof that i had these objects because i've got pictures of them in my house but then for some reason charlotte is like posing next to them i mean is that just yeah. to is that, that just so even more odd. proof that they're mine because i'm standing next I mean, to them but that's not what you do for your insurance is it you don't take a photo of you looking really sort of Smoke. Sexy and, and <laughs> or sultry, actually. Yeah. No, you don't do that. No. So anyway, like, and then Lovejoy turns up, and Jonathan's taking all these weird pictures of Charlotte next to various items, and um, you can tell 
Well, Lovejoy actually says, doesn't he? He breaks the fourth wall and says that he doesn't like Jonathan. Yeah. I like this. I, I've written down, um, Lovejoy doesn't like Jonathan, and I'm not 100% sure Charlotte does either. No. <laughs> no, well. She but does what not. He says, she does his not. Exact, his exact quote, which was lovely, and he, he sort of fourth wall comes into the screen and says, you know when you take a dislike to a person, you don't really know why? And I thought, yeah, that happens to me all the time. And, <laughs> yeah. I have to, and it's almost like the unconscious bias, or it's conscious bias, I suppose, and I'll I'll do it, and I'll think I have no reason to dislike you. You're just great on me. Yeah. And then often those people actually, as if to disprove what Lovejoy said, will often be, be become sort of my best mates at work because I'll really make an effort. I somehow because I'm have, aware of it have missed out on this skill. Not always. I'm, Sometimes I'm, I'm absolutely useless at it. Like you, you know the sort of people who everyone really dislikes. I'm <laughs> just like. Oh, I love him. Well, he's just like, at it. No, M, that man is but, terrible. Um, maybe you're I one of those him. people. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're one of those people. No, um, yeah, but, maybe it's but me. Lovejoy, <laughs> but Lovejoy is useless at it with women. It's like, you know when we've, we've debated about whether he's a divvy with people or not? Mm. He's absolutely got this guy down. Mm. And the same in Series 6, Episode 1. But not with the the woman, and the number of times he's basically let a woman yeah. get one over on him. Because well, it he's, happens he's, in this episode, doesn't it? Oh, it happens yeah. in this episode. If there's, if there's exactly. a sexy lady involved, it does. Yeah. That's what's well, the point I'm making. So, like posh, totty kind of thing. He'll fall for, and it's almost as though he will, even if he. Even, I don't know if he even thinks, "Oh, is this person dodgy?" But he'll put it to the back of his mind if he does. Yeah, he won't let the thought get in the way of a good shag. So, in, <laughs> I mean, who would? Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, at this point in this scene, in this scene, um, Lovejoy, because we'd said last time about, because um, in the UK TV play summary, say something about double denim, mm, and we were yeah. like, he doesn't do double denim. In this scene, he is doing double denim, but interestingly, yeah. it's a blue denim jacket and black jeans, oh, so it's not really. I haven't even noticed. I feel that's mm. almost acceptable, which is kind of acceptable, isn't it? He's it is. It's all right. He's ditched his. He's ditched that. his leather jacket for a denim jacket, basically in this scene. But Charlotte won't break GDPR and tell him who gave her the stuff at the auction. No, she, she's oh, very but, good. But really, you can tell she's not that because Jonathan's taking these pictures for her, like God knows why. But she's obviously not that bothered. I mean, she's just like, oh, let's just get this done because she's like talking to Lovejoy while he's trying to take the pictures, like really dismissive of, yeah, of Jonathan. Yeah, and, and then she? Jonathan she clearly doesn't. Jonathan's like. Oh, you like Lovejoy, don't you? I can't remember what he says, but he sort of oh, yeah. says to her, "Oh, you obviously like him." And then Charlotte protests just that a little bit too much, where she's like, "Oh, him, gross, yuck, no, I don't." She's a bit like He's a horrible. kid at school, but oh, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really, uh, and I, yeah, I've written down. She protests too much. She protests too much. Um, although why she likes Lovejoy is, is literally beyond me, but I suppose we'll get there in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does say. Or, or does she say this? This is how I assume they end up at... Is it Forbury Market? Yeah, Forbury Market. So, she so does I think say, she must say that that's where the stuff came from. She does say, so she from, says, right? oh, they bought it from Forbury Market. And this is very interesting. I've just been Googling this, actually. So it was bought at Forbury Market, which is a market overt. Which just, it just sounds outdoors. like... Outdoors. Like well, um, ouvert. No, it's, it's, it's ouvert. Marché ouvert is where... So I just, well, I thought that might be what it was from anyway, but this Tinker is like... Tinker explains it's literally for just thieves to sell stuff. Yeah, so basically awful. anything that's sold in a these one of these markets, it, it becomes yours. It doesn't matter that it was stolen. No one's going to look into it. it. Now, if you bought yeah. it, it's yours. And they mention, don't they, in... Um, they mention in the episode that they're thinking about abolishing these... 
yeah. market overt. So I just actually Googled it now because I knew that I would did, didn't do it at the time. And actually, this is true. So that we're in 1993 now, and the Sale of Goods Amendment Act 1994 was enacted to abolish marché ouvert in 1995. <gasps> Since they had been sold in market overt, the purchaser could keep them. Oh wow, that's, that's bananas! Oh, I'm so love, love joys of learning looting. experience, isn't it? I'm enjoying this. How did this. that get into law in the first place? Uh, the, the dodgy British, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, but I, you know, I want to know how there was everything enacted in law that goes up. Oh, if you buy something here, it's fair game. Yeah, it's bizarre. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It's, it's basically it. it originates from medieval times. So. Mm. And um, so you basically, obviously it's been abolished near here now, but apparently it still exists in Hong Kong and British Columbia. Huh. Well, there you go. I, I really, well, that makes sense. I thought, two, two colonies. Yeah. The, law, the law originated centuries ago when people did not travel much. If the victim of a theft did not bother to look in his local market on market day, the only place where the goods were likely to be, he was not being suitably diligent. So that was the logic of it. So if you had something nicked and you didn't just get yourself down the market, well, it was your own fault. Yeah. Wow. I thought what was really interesting about this I love scene it. is that... It's so interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I love stuff of, like that. It, that's amazing. I think, And I think that's what's so enjoyable about Lovejoy because it really has got all these little intricate extra kind of bits to it. And what I thought yeah. was really good about this scene was... So Tinker was sort of explained, you know, this is a paradise for fences, really. And he's explained it to Beth. And I was like, ah... Oh, Beth is becoming Eric. She's becoming yeah. the person who says, what is this thing that is happening? And then the other characters can explain, te- technically to her, but really they're explaining to us, this is what's going on. This is why this market's here. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just was like, oh no, this is the beginning of the end for Eric because if Beth can She's become the fulfill this... Yeah. yeah, if Beth can fulfil this role, then... He'll have to move he, on. He'll have to, yeah. Aww. And then, so we've learned about the market over, which is very, very interesting. And then we're at the, this is where the Photoshop comes in. So the photo storyline is kind of carrying on now. And it's called like, is it called Speedy Clicks? Or it's called, su- hang on, I did actually su- write this down. Is it Super Clicks or Speedy Clicks? I think clicks? it's Super Clicks. I mean, so many of our listeners might be too young to remember Photoshop. Although... Why? You see, I was too excited writing down all that thing about, do you remember, like, if you had to get your pictures developed from your holiday and your mum said, oh, you're allowed to pay extra for the one-hour service so you can get your pictures back really quickly to look at them. And ki- kids today will not appreciate what it's like going to Boots, often a month or two after you're taking <laughs> yeah. photos, excited, yeah. and you open it up and you're walking down the road and you're, you're looking at them oh, because you yeah. can't wait. Or you get in the car and you open them. And now it's just like, oh, here, photo. Here's on my oh no, well, hang on, let me do another one. You've got, got your eyes shut. Yeah, it's like yeah. a one second service now, isn't it? Yeah. Such a shame. It's made me very nostalgic. It's very nostalgic. I used to go and get them done in boots. And Eric is picking up some photos from Speedy Clicks or Super Clicks that he's taken of his bike. And he's all upset. Aww. But you can tell, so there's a few hints of this that Eric's kind of getting into photography a bit. So he's, yeah. like been, he's been trying to take sort of semi arty shots with like, a, he's got like a proper camera, not just like a little. You know, and he's been trying to sort of 
take really it's good pictures. It's a camera, but he doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. Too. So basically, the guy at the Photoshop gives back the photos. Don't know why. He's been, and again, they used to do this. They used to like look at your photos and like give yeah. you tips. They did used to do this, give you tips. And the guy's giving him tips about how to take a photo. And Eric's like, okay, Mr. Litchfield. <laughs> Do you have these like stick little stickers on the photo as well? Like, yeah, if it wasn't, oh, yeah. like, you know, out of focus or like your thumb. As if you didn't bloody know, like your thumb's over it and they put a label on that say your thumb's over that one. <laughs> I mean, used to, like as if to rub it in, kick you when you're down. Like, yeah, you I take a nice picture of your cat and accidentally put your phone, your finger oh, on The whole one. using up the film thing, there, there were all those oh, two yeah. or three random photos of like the cat <coughs> or like the kitchen or, yeah. or like your mum oh. going, hi. Yeah. <laughs> totally mum, awesome. smile. <laughs> oh brilliant I, I've barely got any photos I'll have to I'll have a look around and see if I can find any mm. um, so, so after that little segue into the world of photo on film or whatever and so yeah in the cold light of day Gimbert is not so matey anymore with a love joy is he in the, in the sober light of day he's um, he's basically forgotten about his uh, promise to um, forego love joy's rent but he's now saying okay fine you can have your rent um, I, yeah, I, won't, I won't ask for your rent if you actually not only kind of look into this thing for me if you actually find the original figure mm. this porcelain figure that has been switched the bow lady the bow lady if you find the actual original one then I'll forget about your rent so okay so again Lovejoy's like right on the case <laughs> then I've written ooh what a lovely teapot <laughs> I really liked it crown derby teapot Yes, this is where we get the reveal, isn't it? I can't quite remember exactly how we find out, but we basically find out that the couple we saw in the car, Major December Lady and the guy... Martin and Val. Martin and Val. his name. Are the, are the forgers, basically. Well, Martin yeah. is the forger. He's a potter. And basically they... Yeah, they, they're going around putting these fake bits of pottery. Yeah, so that's how we sort of find that out. We're like, okay, right, that's what they're up to. Then we go to a really posh restaurant. Jonathan yeah. has been like, Charlotte, I have to see you. I'm immediately going to Paris. So are you coming? And she's like, no. no. She's like, am I, am I, no. Am I Eckers? So this is why there's something about Lovejoy persuading her to stay is like, no. She's just, just, yeah, she's, she's like, pretty much made up her she, mind. It, it, she doesn't really her waver. decision. She's yeah. not being He's like, come and live in Paris with me. And she's like, no. And really, and not, like, she... There's no point to that plot because straight away it's no, there's no tension. She says no. She's not and you going. Know, you know yeah. she's not going to go. So there's no like. And I like that she says that because it does show her to be all the things we liked. Mm. Yeah. A, a strong woman who goes, no, bollocks to it. You're um, a And yeah, and unfortunately while all this is happening, someone's breaking into her house. This is where I thought there was a bit oh, of a peril yes. alert. Yes. If that'll work on Zoom. But. So yeah, um, the, so we see these mysterious men in black breaking into Charlotte's house. Ooh. And and then you're like, oh, well, has it got something to do with Jonathan? Because obviously, yeah, he... I, at this point, I was like, oh, oh well, that's obviously Jonathan yeah. took photos of the stuff in her house to give to the men to go and get those specific things because we've had that plot before, but with Jane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that, and I thought it was just an insurance scam or something like that. Um, yeah. and, and again I tell you why I thought that because in series 6 episode 1 which I keep referencing because <laughs> there are remarkable similarities he does basically he's basically involved in a setup. Mm. 
yeah. and where Charlotte's house gets robbed she, again. And she, so she gets back from the restaurant. She can see that the house has been broken into. So she gets back into her car and uses the car phone. And I really like the noise of the buttons. I remember that. My dad had a car phone, and it really reminds me of like getting in my dad's car and being like, beep 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 beep. We've got the fish and chips or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's car phone. I thought my dad's car phone was the most modern, like ri- ridiculously space age thing ever because they used to have them on um car phones and then those very very early kind of the walkabout oh, phones with the areas my, my dad out. sent me a picture actually do you remember ages ago we were talking about this and i was like yeah. I'm sure we've still got ours and my dad was cleaning through the loft and he said oh i'll send you a picture that... anyway oh, i've got it i'll dig it out oh yeah amazing. Stick it, stick it on Instagram. so yeah she calls the police and so have we had this police officer before we've met him before no, no, but he's another. But he's, 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 he's Hugo's stuff, dad from the Vicar of Dibley. Vicar of Dibley, yeah. That's what he he's does. from. Meanwhile, my husband leaned over when I was saying, "Who is? Where's this man from?" And he said, "He's from Brushstrokes." So I feel that he ages was in me. <laughs> no, he was in Brushstrokes as well because I recognised him initially from the Vicar of Dibley, and then thought well, he's been in other stuff and looked him up. And oh, because haven't we talked about Brushstrokes in this podcast before? I'm sure. Yes, we, we have. have. Elmo's Pink Place. Oh yes, that. yes, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, We're so, all old. and he's very jolly. So he turns up, and, sh- and he's all like, "Oh well, let's figure out what's what's missing over a cup of coffee, shall we?" And of course, we need biscuits. Yes. And oh, let's just get all this sorted out. Wah! And um, we have more hernia chats. We love a bit of hernia chats on there. <laughs> Lots of hernia. Because they're like, "Oh, there must have been more than one guy because they've moved a shitload of stuff." And if one guy had tried to carry it all, he'd have given himself a hernia. So yes, yeah, so basically, they've taken loads of stuff. And exactly at this point, this is where I've written down like how convenient that Jonathan was taking photos <laughs> yes. of all these things. Um, yeah, and then, which the weird, the and weird, which actually gives like if when you look back at it, you're like, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. The photos, but then you, but then but also, you think he is the Jonathan is the common yeah, denominator. But then also it looked suspicious. I thought that like when she was because she was showing the detective like all these pictures of her stuff. So oh yeah, they took this, they took that, and. He did like it was a bit suspicious to me that she had these very recent photos. Like suspicion mm. could have fallen on her, couldn't it? Like I'm just taking all these photos. To yeah, prove and now all my stuff I need to claim it on the insurance like the day after. But I'm surprised that she wasn't framed for it. I thought yeah. that was going to go further, well, and she was yeah, going to be exactly. suspected looked, of it, it. Actually, it looks quite suspicious on her. I think um, we're slightly better detectives than uh, Bob. Yeah, he didn't, he yeah, didn't he seem just, to think that she had anything to do with it. He's just grabbing <laughs> he a drink of like coffee. He didn't look like he had to do a lot of detectiving, though, did he? He was quite laid back. <laughs> he does work well. in, you know, Suffolk CID. I know. Not a lot then, um, oh, we learn that his... So we do learn something about his detecting tactics. So actually, his detecting tactic is ask Lovejoy. Yeah. Is it, and <laughs> Which turns like, out to be exactly actually, the right thing to do. And not just at this point, but like throughout the rest of this, the, the episode, he's like, well, I don't know the answer, so I'm just going to get Lovejoy to do my job for me. So... <laughs> After we keep saying that Lovejoy's not a detective, actually, in this one, maybe he is a little bit. He kind of is, because in, in the well, next really scene... He really is in this one. First of all, in the next scene, Lovejoy in a dressing gown, which I've grown to appreciate. Yeah. Very hot. Because, yeah, because <laughs> the detective... Is, well, just, sorry, but he says a brilliant thing to the detective. is like, go and ask Lovejoy, he mixes with rubbish. Yeah. But, How do you know rude. what it reminded me of very much? I'm not saying that they're just recycling the plots, because they're not, but I can't remember if it was a Douglas Watkinson plot. The one with the, the little ninja... And and Lovejoy ended up going and staking out the house. Yes. Because Eric fell in the water. Oh, yeah. Eric's always falling in the water. 
Yeah. Bless him. And that was a similar thing. I think that was the one. I think that's unless I'm converging two episodes in my mind. No, I think you're right but with the helicopter. He's done the whole sort of stakeout thing before where the police have been on board and they've rushed in and saved the day at the end. Mm. Well, in this scene with Lovejoy in his dressing gown, he's a bit... I've written down Paggy Aggie. That was you two that we were talking about. Paggy yeah, Aggie. Paggy Aggie. <laughs> I was like, is this, was this where we talked yeah, about this? Yeah, we did. He's a bit Paggy Aggie about Jonathan. He says something like, well, if it's Dick Tracy that you want, when but, is Charlotte asking him for help or is Jonathan asking him for help? I haven't actually written that down. Charlotte, I said Charlotte, Charlotte goes to ask him for help. Joy for help. Yeah. And then he raises his suspicions about Jonathan. He's like, well, he was around I've your place. Written, though, that I said, because uh, she asks him for help, but then ends up revealing too much and she does it a couple of times in the episode it's that sort of love joy is just naturally easy to open up to mm. charismatic so yeah she starts she telling him about her and Jonathan's sort of past anyway and then so he says he'll help her but for 10% of the value of the stuff oh yeah yeah but then he says oh okay I'll give you a discount if you help me with the name and address of the person that brought that porcelain oh, yes. the bow lady so they kind of do a bit of a deal um, so they, I think that they agree on that do you think her ethics would allow her to do that? Or then I suppose... Yeah, she doesn't care. I mean, she... She wants her stuff back quite she's badly, a, doesn't she? She's, she's the really one that's like, she's the one that's like I don't give a shit if people are switching stolen forgery things in my mm. auction. I suppose. She doesn't care. I don't think Charlotte... is very principled, if I'm honest. Sorry. So, so with that lead, Lovejoy goes and puts on a posh suit, goes to see Charlie and says, I need to borrow... I think he wants to borrow the roller, doesn't he? And Charlie's he like, does, he oh, take the discovery. The take the discovery. Yeah. You're going one down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because he... So he's going to go and follow up this this lead that he's got from Charlotte. And Lovejoy goes to see Val, a.k.a. the woman from 8th yeah. December. Yeah, uh, Endicott Antiques. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, yes, the lady. She's got a lovely suit on. She does. And she's watching some sort of videos about antiques to learn in her shop. Yeah. And then Lovejoy does something really shitty, which is he pretends that he's just been divorced and he calls his ex-wife Jane. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, come on. It's like a form of therapy for him. Yeah, he's just (sighs) pining for Jane. And to be fair, he he has to tell a few little... A few little. He has to do quite a, a bit of deception because he wants to find out from Val what's going on. So he doesn't give his real name. He, he, He gives, like... Eric's name. He says his name is Eric Catchpole. He doesn't look like an Eric, though, does he? But it's, the, it's really yeah, like the reason he doesn't give his own. So he doesn't give his own name because loved. He's known, you know. So if he says, yeah, I so loved Val him, would be like, ah. But I've heard whereas that. Eric, on the other hand, completely unknown. Nobody in the knows who he is. <laughs> Derek. That's because people call him oh Lovejoy's boy or Love Lovejoy's lad. Yeah. That lad working for Lovejoy. They never call him by his real name. Yeah. So this is where I got confused because just a, a few minutes after this, I've written Lovejoy poses as Eric. Val knows that he's Lovejoy, but D- Lovejoy doesn't know that she knows that he's Lovejoy. Yeah. So at this point, <laughs> at this point, Val doesn't know that he's. Yeah. At this point, not at this point. Yeah. That's a bit later on. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we've missed the bit where <laughs> we've missed the bit oh, no, where. No, no. Um, it's not important, but it just really tickled me. And it kind of comes in later on where he says his name's Eric Catchpole uh, and he sells cheese. He's in yes! cheese. Yes! It does come later And they start on. chatting about cheese at the end. Yeah, so he's Martin in cheese. cheese. In cheese. So basically, Lovejoy takes Val out to lunch to try and sort of get info out of her. And um, he's like trying to charm her. but He, he plays her like a bloody violin. She tells him everything. Because again, like, so oh yeah, my boyfriend's a potter. And da 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 da. And like, what are you doing? Similar now? to Come Charlotte. On. Like, he gets her to tell him stuff that 
she doesn't really want to tell him. I think just by being charming. He'd have been a good therapist, wouldn't he? It, yeah, he because sort of puts his head on the side and looks yeah. like he really gives a shit. Which is he just, basically he just, the that's, all that, that's what, what therapists do. <laughs> Every now and then he says something in that low and wise and reassuring voice and then he just stares at you again with those lovely big eyes. Mm. I mean, I, I would oh. fall for it too, so I don't know why I'm being so and he ref- on And he references the pottery scene in Ghost. So yeah. just a, when yeah. she, he does, yeah. When she says he's a pottery teacher, my boyfriend's a pottery teacher, he says... Oh yes, like in that film. And he says, "I wonder if they ever finished that pot." <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a lot of contemporary film-based references going on in this yeah, one, aren't there? Yeah. yeah, Douglas Watkinson obviously loved going to Loves the pictures. Yeah. There's a, at this point, it took me a little while. It wasn't straight away when she said he was a pottery teacher. I then twigged. Oh, these are the guys. Ah. These are the forgers. Oh, okay, this makes sense. Martin, yeah. Martin, his name is Martin is a forger. Styles. Yeah. And he also, I don't think this is really relevant, but just in case it is, I can't remember. Oh, no, it is relevant. So part of his ruse, obviously, he has to buy something off Valve to make this all seem plausible. So he buys this really, well, it's a stick, but we learn from Tink that it's a ceremonial Maori fighting weapon. Yeah. He so, buys uh, yeah, stick so Lovejoy buys a big stick off Val, a yeah. big carved stick. And he kind of... He sort of shoots himself in the foot a bit, but I realise he had to do this for the purposes of the plot, so we'll come we'll come to what happens with the stick in a second. Then I've written, Lovejoy explains to Eric that he is now him. Oh, yes. <laughs> if Valerie Endicott rings, asking for Eric, then that's not you, that's me. That's me. <laughs> but yeah, so Tink is... Because they've got this stick, they don't need the stick, so they're going to just sell the stick. Lovejoy gets Tink to take the stick to an auction. Like, immediately, the next day. The next day. day. Like, off you go. And then Valerie happens to be at the same auction taking some dodgy porcelain. The beautiful so, teapot. Not, the beautiful teapot. Which is, again, just seemed a bit daft because he she is in just, the antiques trade. Yeah, he should have just held and on to the stick. she uses her real name at the auction. Like, surely that's a bit... Like, if people start to get suspicious, they realise, oh, Valerie Endicott keeps dropping off these porcelain that then keep... Getting switched over, yeah. Maybe it's an indication that she's not a seasoned criminal and it's just something that they've fallen into because the opportunity was there. Mm. You're a potter, but I she's... have an antique shop. Let's she's... defraud East Anglia. Yeah, but she's... <laughs> a she's... well-known tune. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. <laughs> but um, but um, she's quite smart, though, as well, because she sees the stick... At the auction, and she figures it out. She's like, "Oh, hang on, I've been had here. Why would yeah. you buy it and then sell it the next?" They obviously hence the she knows that he's Lovejoy, but Lovejoy doesn't know that she knows that he's yeah. Lovejoy. Because <laughs> she calls, she calls up, then she phones Lovejoy. She's like, "Oh shit, I've got to get out of this one somehow. I've got to do something." So she phones up Lovejoy. And she just goes, uh, "Hello, um, can I, is that Eric?" And Eric's like, "Yes." He's like, "Oh, it's it's Valerie here." And he's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, oh I'm, not I'm not, I'm not Eric. I'm, I'm Reg." <laughs> Who's Reg? Why uh, did you say you were Lovejoy? I'm Eric's nephew or something. Anyway. But Val, Val said, she, she says to the auctioneer at the auction, like, who put that stick in the auction? They say, um, they, they give a description of Tinker and she just goes and finds him in the pub, barges into oh, him yeah. so he spills his drink and he gentlemanly buys her a drink to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And then she just gets everything out of Tinker. I was like, why didn't you tell Tinker about yeah. the, the, the scamming thing? Or maybe they did and he just had too much gin and forgot i don't know yeah but. so she calls up lovejoy and 
obviously eventually gets to meet at, oh you know, love i was fuming okay. at this bit and basically she she <laughs> she just fake crying she just fake crying know, so she was like oh i've just found out that my boy i mean why she would phone up her customer from the day before and tell them this i mean he should be well, because he'd taken her to the pub though and she had but kind of this is the bit that didn't really ring true though to me that in the if lovejoy is to an extent a divvy of people even though women are his downfall surely at this point he would have thought that's why she why she called me because yeah. no because he yeah. probably thought well, she's called me because she fancies me maybe but, but yeah but so he, she's like she's given like, that he knows that she's involved in the scam even though she's now telling him but it wasn't my fault yeah that it, surely even if he thinks she's been kind of um uh, what's the word manipulated he wouldn't just go all right brilliant I'll totally get involved with this I'll just go he it seems somewhat. Yeah, mm, so basically, like, part. she confesses to him that, like, she knows that Martin's been copying things and um, she pretends that she's just found out. She's really upset about it. She can't believe he's been doing this. He's threatened that... to break them. Now she's found out. He's going to break the originals. But I don't think Lovejoy does fall for it. He's just kind of like, okay. Well, it's a bit weird bollocks. at this point. And also you're thinking, what is she up to? What is her motive for actually confessing it all to Lovejoy? Like, what is she going to... It's a bit, bit confusing. So she takes Lovejoy to Martin's workshop to save the original items that he says he's going to break them. And obviously Lovejoy's like, no, we have to save the precious porcelain. So they take they take all the stuff. And then we leave <laughs> Then that... Beth is Eric again, I've yeah. read. Beth leave... is Eric again, getting a clock with Tink. Yeah, and then we leave that, exactly. We leave that plot and we see Beth and Tink. So this is where Beth is learning that it's okay to rip off old men. Yeah, Tink, Tink has tricked a man out of the clock. It was pretty bad. But Beth is Beth has got quite a lot of um, morals still Yeah, at this she's point. like, I think you've made a mistake, Tinker, because that was really expensive. And Tink's like, oh, did I? Whoops. That's when she gets her book out going, look, look. It's, it's worth £4,000 and you only gave him £300 for it. And he's like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> um, well, that uh, raise is kind the Hispanic, the by the way. Raise the Hispanic was Douglas Watkinson. There you go. Sorry, I just... It, the plot's quite similar, and it, well, not all aspects of it are, and I just... Well, Sorry. certainly the the police appear to be a similar kind of police force, don't they? Well, because the police come in now. Bob from Brushstrokes, the rest love Joy. I've written <laughs> because this is where we. This is where I was like, okay, so basically, Val's basically frames Lovejoy for nicking the stuff from Martin's workshop because she's made him go there, so his prints are on the door, um, and. I mean, I thought, actually, at this point, I thought that she'd given him the stuff to look after or something. Yeah. That he'd, he'd be caught with the stuff in his car. But yeah, actually, that would have made more sense. Cause that and that would have really framed him. But no, she just involves him. He's, Maybe she thought that would have been too over the top and he might have then kind of thought, oh, no, why she? Yeah. But instead, so Martin's reported the stuff missing and he's cleared out all his pottery stuff, his workshop. His kiln's gone. But then, like, the whole thing's just empty. But then the policeman is very smart. So he knows. He's not like, oh, he knows that Lovejoy's been set up. He's like, oh yeah, that woman. He said, what does he say? He's like, you've always been a mug when it comes to crumpet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's right. This is the um, this is the downfall. And again, in the Christmas special, of, uh, <laughs> which we're, we're rapidly approaching, again, he's it's it's crumpet that's... Uh, I don't Although I still it's think really the thing that caught him out was the bloody Maori ore. He shouldn't have messed about with that anyway. No, that is true. But yeah, so the, again, the detective, the policeman's like, well, you know, I know you've been set up by this woman. Like, look, I'll help you out if you help me out. Look, here's some pictures of... I thought he said in the police station that it's pictures of 
people that he wants to find, but actually it's it turns out it's objects that have been stolen. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Charlotte. It's Charlotte's pictures, isn't it? And and, and I think some others as well. More, I think. Yeah. And they're all in these like um, speedy clicks packets, or sorry, super clicks packets. And again, Lovejoy looks at them like quizzically, and I'm like, they're just packets of photos. What's um, I was very slow with all this. I was like, we don't know what's going on. Um, I got a bit confused about this bit, and I've seen it before. And they were all developed. And I couldn't remember the. They plot. were all developed at Superclicks in Downham, and I mean, I'm a bit confused at this point. I was like, so hang on. So I did because I didn't realise that. Okay, these are pictures that the owners have given the police of, of their the stuff. stuff. At this point, I was like, why? Like of all the criminals, like taking pictures and gone to, see, I I couldn't understand it at all. Yeah, but how how did the criminals get these pictures to know what to go and nick, basically? Yeah. Yes, but also we we find out that um, Lovejoy has got Martin over a barrel because they've done some like investigating on the faked Bob figurine, and mm. he's managed to leave a little fingerprint in the porcelain. And Eric's that seemed Eric's newfound photography. Error. Eric's newfound photography skills mean that he he's like, yeah, has taken it. some macro photos yeah. of the faked bow lady. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm using a macro. I'm using a yeah. macro, guys. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah. getting there. He's obviously learning. He's always learning. That's what I love about him. So basically, and this is really a bit that I didn't get. Because basically, there's a super clicks in Lavenham. Yeah. But instead of going to the super clicks in Lavenham, there's this pointless... I mean, there's a wild goose chase story. But yeah. they go to Downham... Superclicks has closed down there. It's now a bike shop. So they say, oh no, but the same guy, Derek Shepherd or whatever, owns the one in Lavenham. So they just go to the one in Lavenham. Yeah, so they're like, the just... down one shut and he moved to yeah. Lavenham. I don't know whether it was just thing. to kind of say that it's definitely the same man rather than it's two different Superclicks because it's a franchise. I don't know. It was very, or maybe they just need an extra five minutes. It was a very pointless little script. It's not normally a problem they have. It's usually the other way around. It's usually, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, we've got to finish this, and we've only we haven't really got we've got too much of the plot yeah, left to wrap up. Yeah. Okay, I now so so we know that there was a superclicks in Downham. <laughs> now it's in Lavenham. The guy runs. It's called Derek Shepherd. So we know that. We know that. Then and, we flip to Martin putting his kiln. He's putting his kiln back in the shed. So Martin Styles, the dodgy potter, is putting his kiln back in the shed. And at this point, I had to pause what I was watching because I laughed for so hard <laughs> and so long because Martin's going to put his kiln back in and as he goes to the shed, the doors open and there's Tinker, there's oh, yes. the porcelain and Lovejoy. And Martin's like, oh, kind of, I've been rumbled. And then Lovejoy says, I bet you think we've come here to beat the hell out of you. And I was like, what, you three? <laughs> <laughs> There's a man carrying a quite heavy kiln who's 30 years, not 30 years, 20 years younger than you all. Come on. <laughs> Probably 30 years at least younger than Tinker. Yeah, those three, like, they're not going to beat the hell out of him, are they? But Martin's quite frightened of them. He does exactly what they say, so they must be a bit intimidating. Because they then start yeah, to I... make a video for... Uh, this was another blast from the past. Did anyone else feel nostalgic about I a video with this. a video camera? It was a bit Were you kind always of hoping found... somebody would fall over and you could send it in and get you 200, 250 quid, from, quid. Uh, You can get yeah. 250 quid if someone falls over on your um, on your phone video. Just, just, letting, right. just letting you know there. I still watch You've Been Framed. I love it. Um, so they start to make a video for Val to basically say, we know what you're up to, you've been had sort of thing. And I've written here, like, I get the photo scam now, I think. 
Oh, I didn't. <laughs> it took me ages. Then I wrote. No, I I started to get the photo scan. But then I was like, if it's the same guy that owns the local speed super clicks, why couldn't they just ask him? And then I put, he develops photos and robs you if he likes them. This yes. is what happened with Charlotte. Well done. Weren't, the, weren't the picks for insurance? How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You were really enjoying this. She was. She came into her own with her, her detective skills. Well honed over so basically, the past yes, and and so We're sort of getting series. the idea that like people take their photos to be developed. Derek Shepherd sees things in the pictures that he likes oh. and wants to nick. And he knows who's taken the film there because what? And he knows, told well, he knows their address because you did used to. He knows your address because yeah. you did used to give your name and address when you went to get photos of it. What didn't ring true though is so they obviously arrange a setup as as they would to sort of frame him. There's a lot of framing going on mm. in this episode, and I know I'm skipping ahead a bit, but the, they frame him by obviously taking some photos, and we'll come back to that in a second. Um, and Tinker going in and saying, "I'm away this weekend." And you go, okay, I get how they would have gone, nice one, there's nice stuff, big house, mm. boom, jobs are good. And how do they normally do it without getting caught? Because I bet everyone that has their photos doesn't say to the random person developing my photos, I'm not, oh, I'm not there by the way, I'm away. not in Britain anyway, you know. Yeah. By the way, I'm away on the 24th, 28th. And they couldn't put it on Facebook because Facebook didn't exist then. So and it's also, not exactly, that. Because <laughs> it seems to be happening quite frequently. Like how many people just go around taking photos? I know... There might be in the background, but would you be taking that many pictures in your own house? Because normally, you'd... maybe it's just a particularly vain county. Because normally, you take pictures of I like mean, it's special posh, things that are like not everyday things that you want to remember, not your own house that you see every day. Yes, <laughs> that is true. But I, I think there's another kind of bit of a plot hole when they are forcing Martin Styles to make um, a cow creamer because. They've, they're showing him, you know, we've seen your fingerprint on the fake bow lady. Here's a photograph to prove it. We've got copies of this photograph, which Eric took. So Eric's took this, taken. Eric has taken this photograph. <laughs> Eric's took this picture. Eric's took this picture, right? And you can see fingerprint on it. Um, <laughs> but Eric couldn't even take a photo of his bike earlier. So yes! how has he managed to take a photo of He's, he's learned about macros, isn't it? He's learned about macros. Well, yeah, he's done very he's well. Him, um, um, you're always standing up for him and saying he's learning, and this is an example of when he's learned. So this it, is well, true. But you're right, that Polly, this is when they then embark upon like two setups to like bring these two plots to a conclusion. So which we mentioned both of them. So the first one yeah, is that very they, elaborate. That they decide to they get they they force Martin because basically now they've got they've got one over on him. They they know that he's the forger. So they basically force him to make a faked cow creamer that Beth then takes because uh, Val doesn't know Beth so Beth then takes it to Val to sell it to her Beth does very good acting as well Beth much better than Eric ever did. Actress. Do, you <laughs> remember, do you remember Eric trying to act mm. and trying to lie when he was an apprentice she's so she's, much better she's, so good she's so good at she it she takes she's this cow creamer convincing. and says look honestly this is mine my, my dad's given it me or something can I just sell it for some readies and then when Val offers her 50 quid, she pretends that that's absolutely tons of money and she can't believe it, she just takes the and money. And she's thrilled, yeah. It's quite sad, actually. Yeah. Do you find it quite sad? Yeah, because you're just kind of like, if I was Val, I'd be like, why do you need the money? Do you want a job? Why don't you work here with me? I'll pay you. That's yet another example of why I'm a terrible judge of character. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, so they're just trying to set Val up. So they they sell her this fake cow creamer, and then they Percy, lovely Percy's in on it. Because then Percy phones up Gimbert and is like, um, "I've seen this cow. Creamer. I've seen this cow creamer." You know, so basically they're trying to like 
What is it? They're trying to get one. I'm not sure what they're trying to do with this. Actually, you know, now I'm talking about it. What's the aim here? I think the <laughs> to catch him in or catch, catch her him, in the catch act. her in the act. I think catch her in the act of selling yeah. something fake. So basically, so yeah, Percy takes Gimbert to to buy this cow cream, and they buy it for three hundred quid. So then they're able to like prove that she has stole sold something fake. I guess. And in the meantime, Eric has said to... Ch- oh, they've all said to Charlie, now you've moved into Felsham Hall, get Eric to take some pictures. Oh, Percy says, doesn't he? He says, why don't you get Lovejoy's lad to take some pictures of your stuff in Felsham Hall? Because they want to get some photos for Mr. Superclick's man, Derek Shepherd. So, but before they do all that, they they post the video to Val. So they, they get her to sell the fake thing, fake cow cream, and then they post her the video. But then while she's watching the video... Oh yeah, they all, they all turn up there anyway. But Eric, Eric delivers the video, so I see why they would know it's Eric who takes it. It, it was all very film. It's not the postman. Isn't there a bit in the video as but well like, where he says something like, "I knew you'd say that." It's it's a quite I knew funny you'd video. buy this cow creamer. I thought no, it was no, quite no. a funny. So there's like language because she's like, "Oh, you know," and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was it." Language. What's your language? Yeah, he knew. Um, he knew how her reaction so was going to be. Lit- it was very funny. It was set up. It was quite... Literally, sort of, there's yeah. no point to that video. But basically, they say, like, we know you sold something fake. Let Give us back the money for the creamer. And then this is where the brilliant bit... So he's got 300 quid back. Well, minus the 50 that, that she paid them for it. And so he takes that money and he basically says to uh, Charlie, oh, I've got the money for your, uh, for your rent here. Oh, <laughs> so yes. basically Charlie's own money <laughs> that he'd... Paid for the for the cow cream with, and he's trying to give we've, it back to him. We've as well. missed out that whole scene with Jonathan and Charlotte. Was it only me who likes oh, Jonathan? I mean, oh yes, yeah, sorry. So we Jonathan did, goes to Charlotte to tell her that he's definitely taking this job in Paris. She's pleased for him, but she won't go to Paris because. She wants to make the auction house successful. Yeah. That's literally why I she's there. I really loved this. And, then and he, he surely really at this, about her dad. He said, surely at this point, Em, you knew he was a jerk when he makes that comment about, oh, your dad phoned and you just came running. No, because I thought he was just upset. <laughs> He was an utter, oh, I'm not allowed out the house anymore. It, but it's also this idea that I don't like of sneering ah. at somebody's dreams because they're not the same as your dreams. But That's what he does. I have written down here something for you both to sing, which is internalised misogyny of the week. Um, Internalised misogyny of the week. Charlotte says, I was just as good as any son because I could hit someone in the mouth. (laughs) Because she tells this story about how her dad told her to stand up to bullies by just hitting them and then they won't bother you anymore. Don't do that. Don't do that, kids. That's still bad. and uh, and it's just this thing where she she's like, and it proved to myself that I was just as good as a boy because I was strong. I was like, that's got nothing it's to do with being sad, a boy. Really. You're just strong. It doesn't matter what your gender is. I thought you are that a strong was quite person. Sad. It was. Yeah. It was, yeah. And, and I, Sam is a good character. He comes in quite a bit later on, and he is a nice character. But it's it, it, that yeah that bit was really yeah. sad. And it, I've written very nineties. It's a bit ladette. Jonathan really loves her. I think. And she's no, just he like... he doesn't. He wants his... I don't think he does. I think he I wants think he to... He doesn't love her enough to I give up his big ambitions. He wants to go off to Paris, make loads of money and have a... See, it wouldn't happen now, would it? on his arm. Just get on the Eurostar. Have a blonde on his arm. Wouldn't, wouldn't be you a know? problem. No, they lived in New York. They were happy in New York. I didn't think they were, though, because she came He wants a cosmopolitan you know? life. She's happy with a rural 
muddy existence. I mean, I would, I would probably rather have a cosmopolitan life, but I wouldn't sneer at somebody else for wanting a different life. I don't think he's sneering at her, though. He's just like, but I really love you. I want you to be with me in Paris. Yeah, I don't well, want to be Paris by that. myself. No, but he doesn't say that. He doesn't but say he wouldn't be in New York by himself. I he doesn't don't know say why anything like that. He, so he doesn't say, like... Charlotte, I can't live without you. I love you. I want to be with you. He doesn't say anything like that. But he doesn't he's... say it explicitly. But he no, says he it says in the... He's like, I'm going to Paris. I want you to come with me. Not, oh my God, look at... He doesn't even say, oh, I've got this incredible opportunity to go to Paris. And it's occurred to... You know, would you like to come That's with me? That's a bit me? wet, he doesn't... isn't it? He doesn't even sell it like that. He just goes, well, I'm going to Paris and I want you to come. And I think he thinks that she's going to go, but of course, because why would I want well, to do anything else than run away so with you? She tried it, but... No, but she was already in New York. She was training there. She was she trained in New York because it was in an earlier episode. It's like so she real. was in she, she was in New York fulfilling her dream, which she has now come back to see see come out. Back to yeah. do. It's like if you lived in Paris with somebody who was oh. uh, training at the Cordon Bleu school to become a because she trained at Christie's, didn't she, in New York? Training at I've watched this too much. Uh, Cordon Bleu school to become a, a you know, and and then you get the chance to open a restaurant of your own wherever the hell it is. You wouldn't say to that person, "Oh, that's a fucking stupid place." Why are you going to yeah, Bray? Right. Why are you going you to Bray right. to open right. a potentially Michelin star restaurant? It's, it's really bizarre. Like, he makes no effort. Like he just really wants her to go, but he doesn't. There's no. You're not convinced. He doesn't give any good reasons why she should go yeah. with him, apart from oh, daddy's girl. Are you? What's the state of your daddy? I think that was what got me. Is that he just? I think was the assumption that she would drop everything and she makes the point of. But then I won't have my career. I've got my career, and he doesn't have. Any arguments lined up? Oh, but you could do this in Paris. You could do that in Paris. You know, he's just like, do you know what but it, I want to go to Paris. It, it, but he's so handsome. I think probably he's never had to have a a, a plan. I didn't even think he's that handsome. He's very pointy. He's, he's so handsome. He's very, so you don't just he's quite move. pointy. Country he was very pointy, handsome. but I think that's handsome. <laughs> you give up your career and move countries because somebody who's a bit sexy, I mean, which he isn't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I, he doesn't. She doesn't go with him, and Lovejoy's not involved in the decision in any way. So UK TV play, you have to watch the episodes through before you write yes. the description. Should, uh, not just make a guess based on so basically, yeah. So basically, so that's that happens, and then, then they have this bit where they wrap up the kind of like cow creamer forging storyline. Basically, they convince um, they convince Val somehow to confess to the police that she's been involved in this forgery but all they've got on her is that she sold them a fake cow cream that she didn't even know was fake probably well i was like is this why i couldn't understand why they sent the video and then i've I've written something out with lots of arrows so i've written they explain they have more than one copy of the video they use it as collateral to get the bow lady the original one from val and Gimbert's money, which we just said, and then Lovejoy used it to pay the rent. Well, he doesn't because Gimbert says, but he doesn't because Gimbert says, "Oh no, I'm a man of my word." Yeah, that was I said, nice. I said, if you got me the lady back, so you managed to not pay his rent and get three hundred quid of Gimbert's money. This is the one glimmer of goodness from Gimbert. Oh, that was a good bit of alliteration. When he says, "I'm a man of my word," yeah, you think, oh, and yeah. you're waiting for the catch, and then there is. But isn't I think one. they were threatening to send the video to the police. I, maybe then I she missed the whole scene. I don't but she remember confesses to the police. police anyway, doesn't she? It's, uh, I was a bit confused. It by was this all, bit. Yeah, I was so hooked on there. the other plot. And then, I sort of didn't care about this one. But anyway, that, that's wrapped up. And then 
This is where they then, we get into the story about they then try and flush out the thieves by taking photos of Charlie's things in Felsham Hall, getting them developed at Super Clicks, and, and then sort of plant Tinker goes in pretending to be the person that lives at Felsham Hall. They don't Hall. seem to have told Charlie about this. Charlie's they haven't house. told Charlie that he so lives I, in. That no, they're setting Charlie somebody up to go and no. burgle. Charlie would say they know Charlie would say Wait, no. Charlie might get killed. Literally... Well, no, because they, no, they know he's away. Oh, he's in I didn't realise he... I didn't get that bit at all. He is actually away. I feel like I missed a whole scene at this point. So Charlie's Charlie's away and um, uh, Tinker pretends to be... There's a lot of pretending to be people in this episode. But so, at this point, I thought, because I wrote, I wrote, they then screw Charlie over by taking pics to be developed and saying he'll be away. I thought they were trying... I really thought they were trying to screw Charlie over. And I was like, oh, why are they... No, 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 no. No, I, obviously, no, I, sure. obviously I figured out that they weren't. But at this point... That's what I thought. And I was like, oh my God, but Charlie's just been really nice to you and let you off the rent. And why are you now trying to get all his stuff nicked? Like I couldn't, I didn't get it. And then we see, then we see the burglars who are looking at the the photos of of Charlie's stuff in Felsham Hall. Even the burglars say that Eric's photos are terrible. So how did he get that good picture of the fingerprint? Because he hasn't even managed to get good pictures of Felsham Hall. Oh yeah. So the okay. burglars are in Felsham Hall burgling, and burgling um, away. But off, off they are doing that. Having a good old burgle. Having a, having a bit of a burgle, and um, and I kind of missed a bit. So so the police are staking it out. They all turn up in high vis jackets. Yeah, because like, 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 take your jackets off. Oh yeah, that was really funny. I know because I was like, oh, they're taking the picture of and, and uh, why are they screwing Charlie over? Then I'm like, ah, oh. I wrote, I actually wrote, ah. Oh. Ah, oh. it's actually a trap for Derek Shepherd. Yes. Thought, thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> yes, but oh, so... I love it inside inside Helen's head, <laughs> innocent head. But then so... I wrote, then I wrote, how do they know which night he'll be away? No, sorry, which night they'll come? Yeah, because I wrote exactly the same because, thing. A weekend because they just said like, oh, at least two nights, I'm, Friday and Saturday. At least Friday and Saturday, right? So like, how do they know which night they're going to come and book? They get all the police there. They manage to get reinforcements, so, yeah, so the, and it turns out they're going to leave it till Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so Lovejoy and Tinker, for sure. I can't remember Eric's there. Bob, the policeman, or the detective, and all of the police in their high-vis jackets that they then take off are waiting in the bushes outside Felsham Hall for the burglars, who then go inside and start to burgle. And then somebody, I think Lovejoy rings the doorbell and the burglars who are in the house say oh no oh my god what's that and then they one of the burglars yeah one of the burglars says well you don't you're not going to ring the doorbell of your own house of your so own stop house being exactly. stressed about it just don't answer the door which is exactly what happened in the book of kells it wasn't the book of kells in the lost book oh, of yeah. Cormel episode it was exactly the same thing happened when they were did he write through. that one as well i, I can't remember i bet he did i mean I'll it was line it for line the same thing like. Yeah, it was, it was. But, um, and, and it is fair enough, I don't know why they don't just carry on, because they're like, somebody's ringing the doorbell. Well, he's not in. Yeah. So and they just panic, they'll go away like, again, surely. It seems like is, an you're a burglar, diversion. And I was going to say, and Helen will know this, but I meant Helen in her role as a careers advisor. If you're a burglar, you're probably not... She doesn't sm- advise people to become burglars. <laughs> no, but you're probably oh, not... We've had your tests back, and it says you should be a librarian, <laughs> a nurse, or a burglar. <laughs> Or a mechanic. If you're a burglar, you're probably not patient or clever enough to get a job. 
So that's why they get confused by the doorbell ringing but because also, they're that, not very smart. That does remind me of like in my job actually. So we have to like we look at sort of data about like what what students go on to do. And one student did have a job title of criminal advisor, but like working <laughs> for like victim support or something. That's but like their, their job was criminal advisor, so it did sound like it was like advising criminals how to do crime well. Well, she, she would have said if you're burgling a house and someone rings the doorbell, remember it's not the person who owns the house. They wouldn't ring their own doorbell. There's, another, exactly. there's, another, there's a big question here, really, which is, well, two questions, really. One is, why is Lovejoy involved in a police operation? Because he's always involved in a police operation. And secondly, why does the detective even... Well, I suppose, actually, if I say, why does the detective even trust Lovejoy in the first place to just basically take his word for the fact that there's going to be this burglary? Mm. But actually, the detective has already shown that he, he has thinks that Lovejoy, Lovejoy knows all the criminals and all the criminal activity in Suffolk. Suffolk. So it kind of makes sense. Um, basically, yeah. So they they I can't, they ring the doorbell, but then do they just go in anyway? I can't. I think I, I think they just go in. And they nick just him. I, I, they, they nick get him. nicked basically. Yeah. Does he even nicked. say no. you're nicked, Sam? No, they get nicked in, because they're hiding in the back of the van. Um. It is the most brilliant. Did you know you didn't I both saw, miss this? I did you? Must have completely. I missed just. They yeah, come, I must have fallen asleep. They come out. Well, they I've, also, I've also written. Why is there so much chat about cheese in this episode? So, so I was obviously I, I, just right leave, at this point. I've written how many storylines and tried to list all the storylines, which is probably why I was not. Loveliest bit where Mr. Thingy Horton from uh, Vicar of Dibley comes into his own. They get into their van and like, let's just go because there's somebody skulking around. And they hear a noise in the back of the van. They turn around and the police are in the back of the van. And they say, you're Nick. It was amazing. It was the best bit of the show. I feel bad It was so funny. So it's Derek Shepard and it's like a couple of boys who they've been, like local burglars who they've been trying to catch for ages. And they've uh, the police are very happy because they've also caught you know Martin and Val. Basically, they've got everyone banged to rights, so all's well that ends well. And everyone gets. And their Char- Charlie thinks that Lovejoy saved him from burglars, which I thought was quite cute because Lovejoy yeah. was the whole cool. reason the burglars were there. That. So. And Lovejoy gets Charlotte's stuff back, and even and, she- and he arguably did, by the way, because it's a, it was only a matter of time until somebody nicked something in Felsham Hall. And I, I would have thought. I want to add, just because I took the effort of writing this down, that Charlotte gets her stuff back. Well, and we didn't mention this man earlier, but when um, Helen was saying that legislation was coming in about the market over, um, yeah, Stefan um, told it them. It was Stefan, Dutch was guy, and it was him who had Charlotte's stuff, so that the burglars had oh, fenced yeah. it to Stefan, and they'd managed to get it back off him. <laughs> this has reminded me of a gorgeous line that Beth said, because Beth can be quite dry and witty sometimes. Mm, mm. Way back when they're in the dodgy market, and Beth says, all innocent, because there's the, the apprentice, if they're all villains here, how come you know most of them? And Lovejoy looks a bit affronted <laughs> yeah, and he says, yeah. I know what? He says, I know all of them. <laughs> yeah. And that was the loveliest line. That was a lovely, a gorgeous little... To and fro, I really yeah, liked that. That line. was really good. But what's quite sad, I mean not sad for Lovejoy, good for Lovejoy. So he go, he goes and sees Charlotte and Charlotte says thank you. She's packing She's Jonathan's packing stuff up in the truck. All the stuff that reminds her of him. There's a guitar there, isn't there? Is, is he See, giving her a guitar? I, I love him. And she gives him five hundred quid for getting her stuff back, which I think Oh yeah. So he's actually done quite well money wise in this episode. And then she has really. Then she says the most stupid thing ever, which is, "Who needs Paris when you can have Suffolk?" And I thought, like, "Everyone." Yeah. Can I confess? <laughs> and, and I, actually don't, I'm, I actually don't like Paris that much. I mean, oh, I, I, I was going to say I've never had a good time in Paris, but that is a lie because last November I went to Paris and I had 
an amazing time. Even though there were no canals. Point, no canals. Or Campanile. Oh, there is a canal in Paris, well, actually. There's a well, massive yeah, river. I just I, I, mean, I, wouldn't. I love Paris. I have my honeymoon <laughs> in Paris and I adore Paris. It is the most fantastically wonderful place. I love it. I, I had my honeymoon in Dorset and it went rain went and it rained for two fucking weeks. At least it was Amazing. my honeymoon. That's all I will say. <laughs> I, I had a really I had a really lovely Furious. time in Paris, but it was um That's Anyway. We said we didn't want to talk for more than 45 minutes. <laughs> no, well they were Oh, we, yeah, we, one hour and 35 minutes later. Like, have we changed uh, your palette? <laughs> Yeah, if we yes. should do up, Helen. <laughs> Good. What's your mark out of ten, Helen? Oh, I don't know, because, like, I did like it, but at some points I was like, what the hell is going on? Which it I don't like. Bear in mind, Dave says it's feeling. in his top five, and we don't want to annoy Dave. I think I'm going to give it seven and a half. Sorry, Dave. Oh, no, I was going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. Nice, solid eight. Yeah, yeah, an eight because I think the plot's... Tied together beautifully, it did or not tied together, but you know that they, they were there were two yes. equal and quite intricate plots, but you didn't feel rushed. But they were but together. They, they were together. Yeah, they kind and of they were together. Yeah. But there were implausible aspects to them that were just a bit much for me. Yeah, and like I say, a lot of points I was like, hang on a minute, what's happening? And it wasn't in a pleasing way of like, oh, no. I'm figuring out the mystery. It was like, yeah. I just don't get I it. I mean, you did figure out the mystery. I though. think, but did you keep pausing it? Because I kept pausing it to be like, right, what? happening so i wanted wasn't to like but a, i was trying to watch it quickly sunday night yeah it wasn't like a gentle sunday night watch for me so i'm just gonna give it a seven yeah it's probably my lowest score Aww. for a while but it's partly sort of influenced get another bad review you know it's influenced by the fact that it's not so much to do with 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 the actual episode but just i could see beth's character growing and growing which is a good thing actually so I, I should really make you're it you're just sad because it means but that I just leaving. know that it means Eric is going I can't but also that I did like I like seeing the, the character and you, you have the, the sort of arc of Beth was brilliant in this actually she was stunning in this she's she's you know desperately trying to learn but still a bit naive and that she's like look Tinker I found something mm. that, that you've missed which obviously she's not going to have done and then but the, her, she's got a couple of quite witty asides she's also a really good actress like she's game as in the character is a good actress she goes into the shop yeah and i think you said this this last episode polly i really like that they haven't just gone right let's replace like for like let's have a kind of comic absolutely they're completely different different. and i feel she gets a bad rap because people do sort of say oh eric left and obviously eric was very funny but again i've been watching mash obsessively and one of the things i like about mash is whenever a character left they didn't replace them with a similar character. Yeah. They replaced them with a different character that had their own personality so that they didn't go, oh, he's not as good as so-and-so because they were different. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think Beth is not as good as Eric. I think she's just, just totally she's different. Completely, completely different, different which is great, isn't it? You don't want... And I like her. Okay, so maybe I'm going to come up to 7.5 because I feel a bit bad now. Um, and also maybe I've been a bit upset by you two absolutely hating Jonathan who I thought was very nice oh he was not he was a he wasn't meant to be nice in any way he was meant to be a very unsympathetic character who you weren't supposed (laughs) to like even Lovejoy told you not to like him I'm not going to trust Lovejoy am I hangs around with villains anyway mixes with rubbish what, what did we learn Emma has got no taste or sense in men. That's what we've I learned. Mean, but we knew that. No, we didn't know. learn that. Oh, wait, nobody's learned that apart from me. I mean, your your other half aside. Uh, <laughs> I learned <laughs> about the market overt. I we did learn. We did learn. And I loved that. I, can't, I just love that that was a thing. It's just brilliant. It's like, I love the idea of how it started. It's like, well, 
if you're stupid enough to get something nicked and then not go look for it in the market, mm. then it's your yeah, own on fault. On your own head, be it. Yeah. Well, I learned how to pronounce uh, petite soirée. Yeah. Is that correct? Oui. Yeah. Oui, c'est vrai. Oui. C'est vrai. Ah, bon. I learned... Actually, I think I did learn that Gimbert is not a sort of a two-dimensional character. He is a three-dimensional yes. character. Because when he said, oh, I'm a man of honour, it feels like, actually, honour is one of the traits... That he's thought, oh, but aristocrats, they're, they're honourable. And it's really important yeah. to him. And I am, he's becoming more of a sympathetic character, I think, in, in some ways. I definitely I, think I, so. I actually prefer him to Lord Felsham. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So he's more that. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love What about Tom. your Antique of the Week? You see, I'm not into pottery, really. The only pottery I'm into is I like Moorcroft and there wasn't mm. any in this. I mean, it's very niche, very specific. I would like, like to have... Oh, okay. That Crown Derby teapot, I want that. It was very nice. I would, like... I would like the Maori stick. Oh, oh yeah. That's actually quite a good Please. Yeah. Because they call it a wooden monster. I just like that. I like a wooden... I, actually, I wouldn't mind the chest because there is something quite... Uh, useful about, that about a, a beautiful and dramatic in in the in a I th- I, and I can't actually name any so maybe it's not true but in a lot of sort of films and you know a, a lot of sort of kids programs it looks like something that would come out of Lion Witch in the Wardrobe or something like that oh or, my god I've never felt so you know, old I was like it looks you, like oh, something really useful for blankets that's no, what but I was thinking. Oh, I've that you open it and there's going to be some kind of treasures or mystery inside it. It was beautiful. It was a beautifully carved. It was chest, very actually. beautiful. I'd love to have something like that at the foot of my bed. And yeah, I thought exactly. Of, I I know this isn't really what it was, but I do you guys have this? Mine is literally within reaching distance of where I am. Like that sort of treasure trove that you've got that's got everything in it that is from a past relationship or or in my no. case several past relationships just all crammed into a box and I like the idea of actually being able to put it all in a compartment Chest. thing and then just oh. sending it to somebody like right actually I don't need to think about you anymore you don't need to be in my house goodbye here it is it's all in here I, that's, and, no. that's and quite he, powerful <laughs> and he asked <laughs> for it as well didn't he Jonathan he asked for it and he said like do that he and he was sort of saying it as See, a bit I of, sort of a, ch- a challenge you two think it was a bit gitty yeah he is it's just gitty. a bit like oh yeah like when you've really got over me, send me my stuff. You haven't really she, got over me But then me yet. she does, which made me really like yes. Charlotte. I was I, like, I, she, exactly. was, she was brilliant this episode. She was Because she good. went, oh, all right, you asked for it. And what do you think is, is bless him, his face is going to do and go, shipment for you, except they won't say that. They'll say it in French. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Delivery man will un, come to un us. Un shipment pour yeah. toi? No, pour, pour vous. Petit, pour un vous. petit shipment. <laughs> un petit, petit shipment pour you. Pour vous. Uh... So, on that beautifully uh, European note, we shall leave you, dear listener. Yes. <laughs> As we like to leave all things European. Oh, don't. We um, have thought I'd cheered you up. Um, but yes, you can rate, review, subscribe. Oh, we had another review, which is so lovely. And I'm going to I'm gonna read it because yes. it made me happy. It's somebody called either Banus or Banus. <laughs> One, two, three. Probably ban, not B-A-N-U-S. Banus. Famous. I mean, I think I think maybe we should just cut out the name. But anyway, whoever this person is has written a wonderful alcohol fueled trip through the classic Lovejoy episode, dispensing insights, wit, and knowledge of our picaresque hero. <gasps> picaresque. UK TV players that's use a, that one. Yeah, that's a great UK TV play word. Anyway, rate, review, or subscribe. <laughs> we are at 
Lovejoy A Pod on uh, we're at Lovejoy A Pod on uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon account, and you can give us money if you would like to do. And if you do, you will have access to all kinds of magical things. Yeah, we've got a Q and A uh, ready to. Well, actually, by the time this is published, it will have been out for for a little while. So, so like yes, a video Q and A, not not Q and A up there now. And if you join now, you'll have access to all the stuff that was put there in the past. So you'll be able to get all our full bloopers. So we post the odd one uh, to kind of get you interested. Uh, on our on our normal page, but we put full bloopers, hours and hours. Unexpur- unexpurgated. How do you say it? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I did it well. Yeah, that's right. Is, but is it petit? Unex- no. uh, <laughs> but yes, we have we have lots of drunken bloopers on there, all kinds of things. And ten percent of our Patreon money actually goes to Royal Trinity Hospice, which was the hospice that looked after Dudley Sutton in the last months of his life. So we're running a marathon. No, we're not. We're running a half marathon. <laughs> We're not running a marathon. We're you not running a marathon. a marathon. Although technically between the three of us, we're running a marathon and a half. And a half. Yeah, so, 1.5 marathons. Uh, so, sna- no, sorry, sorry. Si- 1.5 Snickers. They're called Snickers now. <laughs> I ran... <laughs> you see, it's because we're still living in the 80s. But yes, so we're running a half marathon, so you can sponsor us for that too, and all the money we raise for that is also going to Royal Trinity Hospice. So please support us if you can. And even if it gets postponed, it will we'll, we'll, we'll run just it run it. around our garden. Yeah, we can just run around our garden and Royal Trinity Hospital will still want your money, so... So, uh, thank you very much, that. everybody. Yep. Bye! Oh, let's Bye. Applause. Applaud ourselves. Bye! Applause, applause, applause. Bye! Bye! Bye. Let's tell...